This is the John Oakley Show podcast. We were talking earlier about uh, modern stories, and our next one, unfortunately, is it is learning more information. And one of the things that, boy, have we been learning about is that those who are involved with coaching are being convicted of sex offenses. More than 200 Canadian coaches, this blew my mind, it'll blow yours, were convicted of sex offenses against minors. That is since 1998. Wow. What does that mean? What does it say about our junior sports? What kind of a pressure for for those who are in that area and for those who are being coached by people? Is there a new awareness of this? And what kind of a of a darkness has this put over what should be the exact opposite? Joining us is Lorraine Lafreniere, who is head of the Coaching Association of Canada. Lorraine, welcome. Hi there. Lorraine, let me ask you, I mean, does it surprise you when you find out about these 200 coaches? Uh, yeah, Yes, it's very shocking to see that data. And uh, it, it's just shocking. It's shocking as a parent. It's a shocking as a person who believes and loves sport and believes in the power that coaches have to create greater individuals and not just performance. And so it's now we need to continue to act to change this. How has it happened? You know, what do you think when you look at this? How can this happen so long without people realizing? Well, I think part of the data is that it's happening predominantly at the community level and in pockets across the country at different levels of the system and in more than 30-some sports. So if you think about it in terms of not one lightning rod location of abuse, that's how it sneaks into the system. And so um, what needs to happen now is a change towards a universal code so we we have the right code across the country. So the the, the uh, nature of it being spread across the country, mm-hmm. across sports, across age levels is part of why it has gone in this long. The age groups. So, you know, when we look at that, I mean, they're shocking, these stories. So we, we wonder, okay, we hear this. What don't we know? Before we move on, I just want to ask you, you know, these are convictions. Are there, are there stories that you believe we don't even know about out there? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So everybody's convicted a first time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you, are there certain areas or is this in many areas of sport? Uh, I think it has the risk to be in any area of sport, just like it has the risk to be in any walk of life. And so clearly sport has been targeted. And so no sport is immune. No province is immune. No age level is immune. And so what needs to happen now is a shift towards uh, a more conversation like this, safe sport, and more transparency and accountability. And is there any way for parents and young people, how do you protect? Is there an awareness now of speaking out? There is a sense that this this happened 
in open in in open ways that people felt it wasn't their business. You know, we've been talking today about the modernness of things. Is that part of this now that we're going to look at it differently? It will be that we look at it differently. And I think this is groundbreaking research in the sense that it Mm -hmm. sets the tone across the country for us all to come together. You know, the other thing, you just kind of talked about that modern era. Mm -hmm. And, you know, digital media, social media is, is absolutely a powerful contributor to access and risk of abuse. And what that by that I mean is it can be unmonitored. And so the most important thing that parents can do and clubs can do is have clear policies, clear codes of conduct, clear um, uh, uh, verification of criminal records, vulnerable sector records and screening, and clear process around the rule of two. The number one deterrent in uh, eliminating abuse is actually implementing that toolkit, but that the rule of two is the most important piece. So that there's always two adults present. They're never alone in the dressing room one-on-one. All of those components need to be addressed. It's really critical that the rule of two is implemented throughout the, the sport clubs. It's amazing when you think about it. I mean, you know, for all my young life, this was never, never an issue. And, well, it was kind of, I will say, my parents were from England. My father was always, they had a different view of view of that. However, you know, there was, there is this, this respect for a coach. Is yeah. this kind of labeling all coaches? And, and, you know, I can't imagine people who are volunteering and coaching and involved in this, they probably want to change it. On the other hand, it really tarnishes things. Well, I think great coaches become greater coaches through mm-hmm. this type of uh, series of investigative reporting by going into the clubhouse, by having a public meeting with the participants, athletes, coaches, and officials, and walking through all of the safety guidelines that they have in place and applying them to themselves. So the, the, the riskiest thing is when somebody says, oh, it doesn't apply to me, or it doesn't apply to my backyard. In fact, That's what has to go away, and that's what has to change. It's not about being a good person or a bad person. It's about applying professional rules and sticking to them uh, to support safe sport beyond uh, beyond our, our coaching world. And you know what? You know, just doing stories like that, looking at this investigation, it's almost like sending a message to people because we always wonder those who may be of this type could gravitate to being around young people where they're they're not supervised at all. But now that the cat is out of the bag, surely people must realize it will be more difficult for them to do this. Well, that is, uh, we hope, part of the message that we send. So um, what we need to do is uh, make sure that there's a front door uh, sign at all our clubhouses that says safe sport comes first, and that's just not on the field of play. And so that would be predators uh, don't see sport as a point of access. Is it helpful when people do time for this? Is it helpful when these investigations convict someone? Um, well, that's a whole justice system conversation. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I think we need the, the transparency of the conviction is a really powerful tool. So that the fact that we have these public records mm-hmm. that point to this data is what helps to inform the system to change for the better. 
Are there, is there anything about this that surprises you with all your experience? Uh, yes, I think it's horribly shocking to see the data uh, uh, over the last 20 years. And so, you know, it, it's just painful. It's painful for all of us who care about our children and care about sport. And so it is very clear. The evidence is clear. There's a lot of risk more so at the community level. And so we're really trying to work with our community partners to change policies and safe sport. Um, no one is immune. That's that's the message in this research. No, no organization, no sport is immune. So it's all about having safe sport practice. All right. I just want to ask you finally, Lorraine. You know, how are these? How are these individual sports? Are they able to cope here? I mean, they're they're small. They're underfunded. Are yeah. they able to cope with this information? It's it's heady stuff. It is absolutely heady stuff. You're, you are bang on the money. And so we're about to launch safe sports summits across the country where we're going to have exactly that part of the conversation. How do we help those small clubs to have safe sport practices when they're just treading water to keep the lights on? And so it is really starting to focus on the highest risk places and the highest risk activities so think extended travel social environments it's not the field of play that's the risk Mm -hmm. typically everything around it lorraine thank you for joining us we appreciate it you have a lovely evening thanks kindly You too. Thank you. Lorraine Lafreniere, who is head of the Coaching Association of Canada, reacting to this story. More than 200 Canadian coaches have been convicted in this country of sex offenses against minors. That is from 1998. It is in a CBC investigation. Shocking. Shocking. These are not just the ones that we can kind of name that made a lot of news. This is happening a lot. We're going to take a break. When we return, Cirque du Soleil is going to come in with a bang and do some shows in Ontario Place. Let us do our own focus group. Is Cirque du Soleil, is this the kind of area we should be going with Ontario Place? We all have our opinion and our history with it. We're going to talk about it when we return. I'm Arlene Bynan in for John Oakley. This is Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms. <laughs> 